The following program presents principles designed to promote good health and is not intended to take the place of personalised professional care. The opinions and ideas expressed are those of the speakers. Viewers are encouraged to draw their own conclusions about the information presented. Welcome to Healthy Living. I'm your host, Margot Marshall. There's a lot of controversy about soy. Is it good or bad for me? And for that matter, is milk good or bad for me? Stay tuned as we explore some of the current research on these two foods. Healthy Living is a 13-part production of 3ABN Australia Television, focusing on the health of the whole person, body, mind and spirit. You'll learn natural lifestyle principles with practical health solutions for overall good health. When it comes to deciding whether a product is healthy or not, vested interests aren't the best source of information. So what does the research have to say about milk and soy? Dr Eddie Ramirez has studied the scientific research and he's here today to share it with us. Welcome Eddie. Thank you very much for having me here. Pleasure. What can you tell us about this controversy that goes on about soy and, and, and then again, what about milk? Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot about the, these two topics. You, you will be receiving lots of information, get a pen and paper so you can take notes. <laughs> and um, when we're talking about milk, please understand we are not talking about human breast milk. That is something I encourage every single one of my patients to, to breastfeed as, as, as much as possible. It has huge implications in the health of the baby. The risk of pneumonia, for example, decreases dramatically. The risk of uh, uh, the famous uh, crib dead uh, oh, de de decreases dramatically when, when a baby is uh, breastfeed. The IQ of the baby is higher when they receive uh, breast milk. Mm -hmm. And there are studies that are tracing that kids that were uh, bottle fed, they have higher risk of heart disease, diabetes, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and the list just goes on and on and on. When you put things in perspective, it's definitely worth it. When I was living in Norway, I lived there for many years, my first daughter was born there. They actually encouraged mothers to take one year off their job so they could really focus on their baby because they saw the implications that this would have in the long term of that baby. So we are not going to be talking about breast milk. You should do breast milk and so forth. We're talking about today about milk usually that comes from cows. That's the one we're going to be talking about. All right. Well, that's good to clear that one up. And I'm glad you said that about breast milk because it, it's just so important. Yes. And you know, today there are many companies that what they care about is money and not necessarily maybe the well-being. And uh, we have created a science of, of creating the ideal cow. And uh, we can see that in, in, the, in, the, in the screen. Uh, it's going to be uh, weighting between 1,000 and 1,500 uh, pounds in American terms. Um, 
we want this cow to grow as much as possible. And you know, in this industry, there's many things that don't go right. Uh, just in America, almost 100 million cows are there. And today we are understanding the implications of, of that, including the beef cows, the milk cows, and the calves. And it is actually a little bit cruel the way this works. Uh, um, cow's milk is designed for baby cows, and they, those baby cows are taken away from their, their mother. You know how you love your baby and mm -hmm. so forth? Mm -hmm. Cows love their babies also. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's actually some emotional disturbances and so forth when they are being taken away. And see, the reason why there are issues with this is because, as I mentioned, and I'll repeat, cow's milk is a fabulous food for the baby cow. <laughs> but the humans are not designed for this excess. For example, um, when you see the protein amount on different milks and how fast the animal doubles its weight, you can see that correlationship. For example, uh, just uh, last year I was in India. I, I had the opportunity of visiting a fascinating place, a temple where they would go there and worship rats. And the, the, the irony is that there are people that are dying of hunger in India, yet they are cooking and making foods for rats. There were thousands of thousands of rats there in, 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 that, in that temple. Oh. Those rats, they need to double their weight in only 4.5 days. So that's why rat's milk has 11.8 uh, grams of, of, uh, of protein. So very, very high amount. You compare that with, for example, goat's milk, and that's 4.1 grams, compared to the fact that it will double its weight in 19 days. Cows have 3.3 because they'll double the weight in 47 days. And please notice, Human beings, they will double their weight in 180 days. And that's why human milk has 1.2. So compare the 1.2 to the 3.3 of cows. And this is the protein. That's the protein yeah. content. And not only that, mm. the, all the other different indicators, when you compare how much it has milk, how much human uh, milk has, it's a big difference. For example, calcium, you know. Uh, calcium, we're talking about uh, around the range of 40 grams, compared to cows, 198. Ooh, it is too much. Th that's about five times as much That's right. In cow's milk. So not really designed for a human baby. Same or, thing with phosphorus. That's right. For that matter. Phosphorus, 18 on, on, on a human 152 on the cows. See, that is a lot. And, and actually, when you are eating foods that are high in phosphorus, the effect that that has on the human is that it encourages throwing out the calcium, oh. which is not a good idea. You know, especially no. ladies, <laughs> you want not to have idea. your strong bones. So it's like drinking soda pop. 
See, soda pop is high in, 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 mm. in, in phosphorus, and that creates the leaking of the calcium. Same thing with sodium. Human, human uh, milk, 23. Cows, 80. Too much. It's too much. Potassium, also, an excess. So I don't like to encourage people to do this because I know the negative implications mm. that these have in their body. Yeah, so we tend to make cow's milk the benchmark for nutrition for humans. That's and, right. And you've just outlined in every respect, it's just not, uh, doesn't fit what we need. At in all. fact, I, right now I am, in, I am involved in a big research project in India. Uh, back when the English came to England, they had the term white schools white schools in which they were encouraged drinking milk to the children but they did not realize there that a lot of the indian population actually has intolerance to the milk mm. and right now that's exactly a research project that we are doing mm -hmm. indian people are not just one group of people but there are 100 different of hundred different of ethnic groups there uh, that live in mm -hmm. India. So we are trying to analyze and understand which groups tend to handle better, which groups tend to handle worse. But some of those groups, 70% of them don't handle milk well. So they have a, a lactose intolerance. The, the, the English came and encouraged the drinking mm -hmm. of milk and many health problems related to this. And you know, when we're talking about dairy, I want you to understand that we're talking about non-fat milk, uh, uh, buttermilk, cheese, cottage cheese, yogurt, ice cream, kefir, butter, whey. All these things fall under that umbrella of what we are talking today. Okay. okay? And, you know, the same situation happened in Mexico, in Latin America. Uh, there came some terrorists across the, the ocean on some boats <laughs> and, and uh, from Spain to, <laughs> to, to, to the Americas, and they brought foods that were not there. Mm. See, in the Americans, there were no, uh, uh, in the continent of America, th there was no cows, there was no horses, there was no chickens, there was no pigs there, and they brought these things. Mm. And the people living there were not exposed to milk products for thousands of years. And as these products arrive, this is something modern. And especially the people that have more native blood tend to have more problems with these products because their system has not been exposed to them. So we find a huge amount of milk intolerance yet it's in the staple of many people to use them. Mm, that's right. And we're not even designed for it, or it wasn't designed for humans. It was designed for baby cows, so it's not surprising. I guess we, we built up a bit of a tolerance in the, in the developed countries, but well, some have, some haven't. Um, but really, it's not even good for people who can tolerate it. That's right, because it's not only the, the, the protein per se, but also there are other nutrients that are in excess, such as cholesterol and, 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 and so forth. Mm. And we're talking about a business that is in the billions of dollars. Yes. So, you know, when there's this type of commercial interest, many times what they want is to sell their product 
and they may modify things and so forth. And it's interesting, you know, as I travel to many countries, many, many countries, uh, pretty much to all the continents on, on this planet. And I can tell you, for example, in, 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 in India and in, in Africa, especially uh, African uh, uh, origin people have a big intolerance to milk products. I went there to communities where there is no milk. Yet, when you analyze those people's bones, their bones are strong, the children go adequately, they are able to do well in school and, and so forth, and don't say, well, doctor, don't you know people are dying of hunger? No, they're not dying of hunger. I saw with my own eyes, yes, there's families, you know, where there's alcoholism and this type of issues, and they may suffer, but the average person there is eating enough, and what they eat is a whole foods, plant-based diet. That seems to be a recurring theme. Now, this is a very interesting point, and I think it's probably the most important thing that people consider, because we hear a lot about calcium and the need for more calcium and so on. And of course, cow's milk is the highest source of calcium in, in the diet. So how do you explain that people who are not using any have such strong bones? That's right. And how people who use a lot do not. What, how does that work? In fact, there is a fascinating relationship. We can see in a published study in, in, in the screen, the comparison between those countries that drink the most calcium, yet they have the highest rates of hip fracture, which is an indicator of osteoporosis. If you want to picture uh, Australia is somewhere between United Kingdom and New Zealand, that's where we find... Um, very high. Right that's where there. we find Australia, mm. which is very high. How come they're eating humongous amounts of calcium, yet they have such high rates of osteoporosis? Well, you've asked the question, now I want Let you to answer Let me share that. with you because this how is this number, works. Yes, yeah. because usually that calcium comes from dairy-related products. So you're taking the calcium, yes, but you're also taking huge amounts of animal protein, which unfortunately tends to be a negative, an acid-forming uh, protein. So that excess amount of protein, uh, published research over and over has shown that when you take that high amount of protein together with the calcium, instead of putting that calcium in your bones, you actually have the negative effect and you actually take away some of the calcium from your bones and throw it away. In fact, you can measure this in the laboratory. You give more animal products, and I'll show you that in your urine, the calcium is being dropped out. Not only that, it's a problem because the kidneys, the calcium needs to pass to the kidneys, and you can form kidney stones. I was just reading recently from a residency book of nephrology, you know, the specialist on the kidneys. Literally, it says there on that book, People that are recurrent calcium, um, uh, uh, calcium stone formers should consider becoming vegetarians. That's what it says there. The specialist right? book on nephrology. Because we know that relationship. And not only milk will do this, 
also uh, meat, chicken, and animal products, they are very acidic and that will have that negative effect on your bones. So if you want to have strong bones, the best things you can do is to remove yourself as far away from milk. Now, the problem is that the marketing industry has done a fabulous mm. job yes. as, at brainwashing us. Yes. And when you ask somebody, where does calcium f- come from? You're going to say milk. You're just programmed to say that because right. of marketing. You, you, you think about, oh, raising a child without milk. Oh, that's, that's child abuse, you may say. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when you think about it, where does the cow get its calcium? That's right. Green leafies. Exactly. See, (laughs) calcium is in the ground. So I don't see cows eating, you know, uh, dirt and things. So, yes, the the plant absorbs the calcium through the roots, gets on the plant, and that's when you eat it. You can do exactly the same thing as the cow is doing <laughs> and get that from there. I have uh, three daughters. If we, can, if we can put a man on the moon, we can probably work out how to get our calcium yes. from the same way a cow does. I have three daughters. The three of them grew with, of course, breast milk. And after that, not a single drink of, of, of milk. They are strong. They're their normal weight, their normal height. And they do fantastically well uh, in school. And, you know, there's, there's research on this. If you go to the scientific literature, there is 57 uh, published studies that I could identify them, maybe a little bit more if you look forward, but the ones I identified, there were 57. And I started counting. 57% of those 57 studies show that there is no significant benefit of drinking dairy and your bones. Yes. Two, 29% said, there's a little bit uh, favorable um, uh, effect. Mm. And if you analyze those 29 uh, studies, six of them were um, uh, sponsored by the milk industry. So you could say this has a little bit of, of a marketing effect compared to uh, 14% of those studies. They show that it was an adverse effect in your bones. Interestingly, you're talking about the plant-based diet being good for our bones and the animal-based foods being the ones that deplete the calcium. I was looking on the World Health Organization website recently under healthy diet and their fact sheet for healthy diet and it lists fruits, vegetables, legumes or beans, nuts and uh, what was the other one? And grains. And grains, whole, whole unprocessed grains. That's right. There's no mention of milk. There's no mention of any of the meats or even eggs. That's right. And a healthy diet, according to the World Health Organization, comprises of all those plant foods. That's fact sheet number 394, if you want to check it out. Fact sheet 394 on the World Health Organization website. So it it really bears out what you're saying. And of course, the original diet that the creator gave us is what you've been talking about. It was all plant foods. And you know... There are right now a big attack on soy products. Yes. Part of this is the milk industry running rumors and so forth. 
Part of it is uninformed people that call themselves experts while, while they're not and running all these rumors against soy that are not justified. Let me just deal with a few of the arguments and what is the reality of the situation. Some people say that because of the substances found in soy, you actually have an anti-nutrient effect. In other words, you actually lose nutrients when you are eating soy. The reality is that when you cook and process soy products with cooking and fermentation, these anti-nutrient substances get eliminated. Oh, and, and well, well, you don't eat them raw. I mean, that's right. You, you never eat soy <laughs> raw. Exactly. It's just so that's why those substances, theoretically, that could uh, harm you, they're not present as mm. you process, which is the way that we usually eat our soy. That's Nobody eats raw soybeans that I'm aware of. That's very misleading, isn't it? So, so be be careful with that lie. Two. Some people say it has phytochemicals which have an effect and could actually increase uh, cancers theoretically. That is not what we found when we analyze groups that have high levels of soy. See, I traveled to many countries in, in Asia. And the interesting thing is that actually in Asia, you find the most healthy people on planet Earth. It is not the Mediterranean. In the Mediterranean, you still have a lot of heart disease, a lot of strokes, a lot of diabetes. Rates are a little bit lower than the Western world, but they're still quite present and very common and number one causes of that. Yet when you travel to rural um, Asia, where people have been eating high levels of soy for long periods of time, you find very low rates of things like breast cancer and prostate cancer and, and so forth. When you analyze the epidemiology of, of countries like Japan and, and, and you compare them like the UK or Australia and so forth. So it actually has an anti-cancer effect, the consumption of the soy product. So that's just the very opposite of what is being alleged. That's right. It has an anti-cancer effect. Also, yeah. some people yeah. say that it actually increases heart disease. Again, through theoretical uh, models, uh, you may think that, but that's not what we found. When you compare uh, heart attack rates of countries like Thailand um, and Japan and so forth against uh, Australia, for example, the rates are phenomenally different people have less heart disease there, yet they consume much more soy products. Yes. And also that sex hormones. Uh, some people I've seen in my clinical consultation, they come and, and they're afraid that, the, that they're not gonna wanna give soy milk to their boys because they may become uh, effeminate and, and, and so forth. I can tell you that does not happen in the clinical practice when you see and start to follow up that. See, the, the beneficial effects of soy actually are very markably seen on ladies that are passing through their menopause. 
when they're passing through their menopause, when you compare Australians, uh, UK, America, against those people in rural Asia where they have high levels of soy, the amount of menopause-related problems, such as the famous hot flashes, are almost unknown there. Some of them don't even have a, a term for that, do they? That's right. It's just... Just something that so, so that's happens. why uh, even some phytochemical, uh, phytoestrogens may be actually beneficial to take for those ladies going through that process of the change of life. And one worrisome thing about milk is that it increases something that is called the insulin growth factor or also known as IGF-1. And high-protein foods, milk, meat, chicken, increase this. See, this factor makes things grow fast. So, for example, you have two more cells. Every single one of us generate two more cells every day. Our immune system takes care of them. But if you have on board too much of that IGF, you can actually encourage the growth of those cancer cells, which is negative. Mm -hmm. Now, soy in excess could have this negative effect, just be temperate. Don't drink the whole gallon of, of soy milk. If you drink just a couple of cups of, of soy milk, you are perfectly fine. Excess theoretically could be problematic. So just use temperance and use legumes as rotation. You know, not only uh, milk, but there's many other legumes you can take advantage of that. So that idea that you need uh, strong bones and only milk can give it to you, that is actually not correct. It's not the reality. It's not what's happening. I mean, we saw that, that image there and... As the um, calcium increased, so did the uh, hip fracture rate. So it's, it's not just an isolated study. This is whole populations. It's being demonstrated throughout whole populations. And you know... That that is not mm -hmm. valid to say that milk is going to do it. And many people don't realise what they are drinking. Mm. For example, uh, the international standards, including here in Australia allow certain number of white blood cells. You know what white blood cells are? Of pus. When you are drinking milk, there is pus inside of that milk. It has a certain limit that, that it should have. Oh, that's but nice. It is allowed to, 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 to have that. Oh. I've seen many kids in the clinical practice, they have repeated... Um, infections of the ear and sinus and so forth, we take them off dairy, those things disappear. And this is published in pediatric journals. I'm not making this up because milk is rich also in certain bacteria also. Mm. So why expose yourself to these kind of, of, uh, of issues mm. if you can avoid it? And also the terminology is a little bit deceptive. Whole milk, are you aware, is 49% fat. I mean, it's tremendously high. Mm -hmm. In fact, low-fat milk is still is pretty high. It's 21% fat if you were to remove all the water that is in it. So that is actually not the, the, the best of the ideas. I would encourage you, go to the internet, 
find substitutes and try them out. You will enjoy them, I guarantee you. Well, thank you for that. And that's a very, I'm sure that some of our listeners would have found some of what you're saying, a little bit of a big surprise, a little bit of a big surprise, whichever way it goes. So I hope that you will be able to uh, take that on board and begin to move towards the, the plant sources. So um, you've certainly given us some food for thought today and um, I pray that God will bless uh, the efforts of our viewers and our listeners. And if you'd like to watch our programs on demand, just go to our website, that's 3abnaustralia.org.au, click on the watch button and you can see these programs again. God bless you. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Television.